0: Hey, friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about rhythms for building resilience so you can take charge of your mental, spiritual, and relational
1: health. These ideas come from Rebecca's best selling book, Building a Resilient Life How Adversity Awakens Strength, Hope, and Meaning. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's build resilience together.
0: Welcome back. I'm Rebecca.
1: I'm Gabe. And welcome to our final episode of our summer series on building resilience brought to you by MetaShare, the affordable biblical alternative to health insurance.
0: We are so excited about today's conversation. And yes, we are biased because Pierce and Kennedy are on this uh, episode with us and we go there. We go there in several ways and it's Beautiful. And I hope it's encouraging to you guys um, as parents, as college students, as teens that have walked through anxiety or trying to navigate social media, who yeah. have experienced rejection in relationship. We it's- just
1: we just thought it was good to give you a little look. You, you listen to Rebecca and I talk a lot, but the fruit of our life has to not just be this conversation. It's what's happening in the home with our kids and we're so proud of them and what's going on in their lives. And they share about it and they share about their journeys and the challenges they faced and the ways in which they're trying to navigate that. And we realize they're young, they're 18 and 20 years old. They haven't lived a lot of life yet, but the little bit of life they've lived, I think would encourage your kids. I think it would encourage those who might be walking through the same thing. But Rebecca, we did give the caveat in this episode and I want to do it again. Like we recognize like Our family is not perfect, and you're going to hear some things that are awesome. You don't hear all the things that have been hard, but we've, we've, been through challenging times too. I mean, we've not been the best parents at certain moments.
0: I think kids shared their, like they've had hard and they were saying that, but like what we didn't share is like, yeah, this does not, this is not a picture of perfect parenting. We have made a million mistakes in front of them, have had to apologize to each other in front of them and to them in front of each other. (laughs) And that's maybe as recent as the other day. So the point is (laughs) we're all a work in progress.
1: Yeah. And it's just important to say that when you're getting into an episode where you're talking about all, a lot of good things, but that, we know family's hard and we all go through a ton of different things. But I hope it brings a lot of encouragement to you, just that God's at work in our kids' lives and He can use us if we can show up in some specific ways. To, even at the end, the kids kind of talk to parents about what, what can you do? Yeah. How can you create a space where we can feel comfortable to be vulnerable? And yeah. that was that I was I cool really glad them. they did that. <laughs> I, know. I know. Um I wanna remind you guys we have our great retreat coming up, our Rhythms Retreat that's taking place November 16th and 17th here in Franklin. So if you haven't made plans to be with us, that's only three months away. Come be with us in Franklin. It's the Thursday, Friday before Thanksgiving break. It's a perfect time. This is our fourth year doing it to get away. You can come on your own. You can come with your spouse. Some people come with a few of their friends, uh, people that they've been having conversations with at a deeper level. But you're going to get insights from so many great people that have impacted Rebecca and I's life, our marriage relationship, our parenting, the ways in which we've tried to work through our own mental health or anxiety issues. And so you'll hear from Lori Loki, who's been a part of this podcast before. We're having Dr. Josh Axe with us talking about nutrition, talking about the way in which food plays into our mental health and the ways in which we live. And then we also have with us Dr. Chip Dodd. We did a series last fall with him talking about the eight emotions, and he's going to be with us talking through How does all of this apply to the ways in which we approach relationships? So you can learn more about that at rebeccalions.com slash retreat. Get all the details. It's starting to fill up. We'd love for you to be with us, so check that out. And then, Rebecca, just coming up in a couple of weeks, your new free study comes out September 11th. Describe for people what that is, and I'll tell them how they can be a part of it.
0: It's this unique opportunity that's gifted to you guys through Faith Gateway, and basically you get to do the whole video curriculum for free. And they only offer this once, and it's beautiful. And so you just uh, go to the website, uh, RebeccaLyons.comslash free study, and you'll sign up there, and you'll basically get five teaching video curriculum in this series of Building Resilience through a biblical lens. So it's different than the trade book. It's truly what is a holy resilience and how is that demonstrated in Scripture, and it's great for groups. So there's a study guide that you can get to go with that. And a lot of you are looking for a group this fall and just kind of a discipleship plan starting in September. So this is a great way to do that for free.
1: Yeah. So that's a great gift. And then I would say, as we head into this episode, just sit back. If you've got your kids around, if you've got... A way to listen to this maybe with your partner, spouse, or someone that you know is walking through maybe a tough time with their kids, and they need some hope, and they're trying to navigate life in 2023 with teenagers. I hope this is an encouragement to you. Let's listen and know.
0: Hey, friends, I'm so excited to take a moment today to introduce you to my friends at MediShare. This is a ministry that offers an affordable healthcare alternative for Christians and their families and for me. As a wife and a mother and a small business owner, MediShare has been there for me every step of the way. They faithfully supported my needs and our growing family's needs, especially with special needs with Kate and Joy. They gave us much needed peace of mind right when we were looking for it. We had just moved to New York City. We were looking for an affordable alternative for healthcare. And all of a sudden, someone told us about MediShare. And within the first month, we realized we could save about 700 a month. Well, it's been 12 years. So that means over the last... 12 years, we've saved almost $100,000, which is insane. So we're so thankful for this. And with this, each month we know we're also supporting the needs of other Christians who will be there for us just as we were there for them. They've been helping others like me for over 30 years. Since 1993, MediShare has shared and discounted over $6 billion. That's B for billion dollars in medical expenses. This is a blessing to our family and I'm certain they will be this for you as well. So to learn more, just visit metashare.com/rhythms. For a limited time, MetaShare is offering an exclusive deal to our listeners. So join by September 30th, 2023 and receive 20% off your entire first year of membership. This is huge. See how much you can save today by visiting metashare.com/rhythms. That's metashare.com slash R-H-Y-T-H-M-S. This episode I've been looking for for a long time. All summer, we're going to end with a crescendo. Pierce, Gabriel Lyons, Kennedy Rose Lyons here in the studio with us today. Welcome.
2: Hey, what's up? Good to be here.
1: I know you guys always see mom and dad doing this podcast and we've talked about a lot of the topics we talk about but it was fun to have the chance to just bring you in and get your perspective you're 20 kennedy's 18 you literally in the morning get in a car head off to college we've had a great summer together but mom and i are just proud of who you guys have become and it's such a moment when you get to this place where you're an adult and you're you're heading off on your own and there's been a lot of life we've observed, and we're both just so proud of you. And we thought having a conversation here that helped us get a little bit more into what rhythms and resilience has looked like in your life. Mm-hmm. These teenage high school years, you went through the COVID situation, you were in an, in a school, you were homeschooled, you've you've each developed kind of your own rhythms in the way that you're doing life. and And we see a resilience in both of you. And so for parents out there to just hear how you guys are navigating it. I think for adults sometimes we think we have all the answers, but you know we realize the wisdom from our children is yeah. so much more brilliant than usually yeah. what we bring to the table. And so today I know we're going to get to hear some of that.
0: Yeah, so we have—I have so many ideas, questions, thoughts, and so we're just going to kind of see where this goes. But Pierce, I want to start with you, the elder in the room. Um, you are our middle child, but in so many ways a firstborn, right? Because your older brother is Cade, and so you had to take the lead in in so many ways, like through the, the last few years. And um, I've just watched you these last two years uh, at college. Like you're going to be a junior mm-hmm. this year, so just watched you become a man. And it's just been so fun to um, like see you kind of fly and get out from under our nest and the covering that we have. And just your faith was your own before you left. But it's been interesting how you have really found your voice and even your own personal convictions in areas being outside of our home. So I'm curious, Mm -hmm. in the last two years at Liberty, what is the environment that really just made you want to double down in your disciplines or your conviction or just pursuit of jesus
2: yeah um for me i think a lot of that stemmed from covid in quarantine like we were locked at home with for the unforeseeable future and we didn't know what that was going to look like long term we weren't really locked
1: but yeah you could get outside get outside (laughs) fortunately we were in tennessee we got to we got to do a little more than a lot of people yes Lord. i know that was a key moment for
2: you yeah yeah Yeah. I was just finishing junior year and there was just a lot of things that I was facing. And I just was like, God, I want to give you my all. Like I want to take advantage of this time. I don't want to let this moment pass by. Um, So I just really, for the first time ever in my life, really dove into the word and just wanted to learn more about God and his character and not just how he best serves me, but like who he is and how I can serve him. And through that, He gave me a lot of different song ideas. He gave me a song called You Got It that I put out just Mm -hmm. talking about his faithfulness and just how he's got this moment. He's got the world in the palm of his hand, so there's nothing to worry about. And, yeah, so a lot of it stemmed from that. I also started working out. I'd never done that in my (laughs) life. I didn't think that was something I could do because I was a theater kid, you know? Like I was always more on the creative side of things and I was like, oh, I'm not a football player, so I'm not going to work out. That's just not something I do. But then with the free time and, honestly, the time that the Lord gave us to just reset in 2020, yeah. um, just started working out and building good rhythms there. And it's mm-hmm. served me to this day, and it's and,
1: been awesome. And this morning at 4.30 a.m., yeah, that story has basically reached a pretty cool crescendo. You've mm-hmm. been working out personal fitness, nutrition, learning all about that for the last few years. But then this morning at 4.30 a.m., what happened?
2: So at 4.30 a.m., I passed my NASM personal certification, personal training certification exam. So I'm a personal trainer yeah. officially, which yeah. is pretty cool. oh it's huge. So, yeah. And, and you
0: worked so hard this summer to get yeah. that in before going back to school. It's yeah. amazing. 4
2: 30 was the latest time this morning available. That's the only
0: reason why
1: I did it that <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's kind of the last test of like, can you do this? We're going to make you get up at 2 to 4 a.m. Yeah. to take this again. And I think it's what fun.
1: we've watched is just, again, those rhythms of fitness, eating well abiding in christ i mean some of the things we talk about a lot here you've been playing out and they've served you well as you went back into college new environments new friends new challenges um and it's been fun to watch you start to play that out as you've developed into like mom said you've become a man and it's happening right before our Mm -hmm. eyes and kennedy you just graduated high school Mm -hmm. you're about to head off to your freshman year Mm -hmm. um similarly your journey these last many years has been one of just strengthening. Like you've just become a woman before mm-hmm. our eyes. You, mm-hmm. you're a godly woman. Like I respect you so much. The ways in which you spend time with God, like that—that's a source for you. That's anything else you do. Like Pierce was saying, it—it it comes out of that place. What age were you when? it became your own faith, and you, you really started to lean into that and mm-hmm. in studying scripture and prayer because you've always been a, a prayer warrior. You've mm-hmm. always been a person with a gift of faith.
3: Yeah. I would say um middle school, I kind of hit a rock bottom in a lot of ways and struggled with loneliness, depression, just a lot of different things a lot of girls in middle school face, especially seventh grade. and um, And so then that summer between seventh and eighth grade, the Lord really revealed himself to me in a really powerful way that I'd never experienced before. And, um, I'd realized that I wanted him, not just because I grew up in the faith and my family went to church and took me, but because I needed my own personal relationship with him. That wasn't based off of anything else. And I had come to a moment where I, um, I needed to depend on something other than my parents and other than friends and other than what was around me, but fully on the one who created me. And so because of that, um, I'd finally come to that moment in middle school. And then since then, I just really was, I feel like set on a path to where I just wanted to pursue the Lord with all my heart and um, get to know Him better and just get to honor Him in the ways that I can, but also the ways that He's healed me and set me Mm -hmm. free in so many ways is why I want to live my life, to honor him and bring glory to him. And so I think that, um, just seeing like how much he moves in the life of mine and of people around me, it's just how can I, like Pierce was saying, serve him better, not just what I can get from him. And so I think that's, that's one thing, but then also whenever I would spend less time with him or pull away, I would really feel it. And, um, I would just think like past sins or past struggles or the way the enemy would try to get in, into my thought life, that would all come up when I would draw away from God. So I realized like that's why God created us to be in relationship with him is because he actually like meets us where we are mm. and then heals us and restores us and brings us so
0: far from that. So mm. I love that. It's so beautiful. It You both touched on something that I think is – it, it's true, but it feels profound coming from you guys that both of your hunger for God is is out of worship, adoration, and praise and elevating Him and not so much about like what He can do to rescue you. No. Now, granted, He is a Father who rescues and mm-hmm. saves. Obviously, Jesus is our Savior and King. But once you've even seen or experienced that goodness, like you just all glory to him. Like, and it's almost, you both just touched on that at at a young age, like the discipleship desire to just go, God, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price and set free. Now I want to just run in the ways you call me to do and Mm -hmm. what you assign and put on my life. And I just want this to be about you. Um, do you think that's common in people your age or any, like, do you see that or do you see it kind of, you know, the church sometimes saying like, this is kind of about what God does for us. Like, mm. where did, where did this come out for you to be that expression?
2: For me, it just came out of understanding that God isn't a genie. He doesn't just give us what we want all the time and that's okay. And it's normally for a better, it always is actually for a better plan. And there's just been so much joy in my life. I went to a church. Started going a few years ago before college, called Harvest Sound, and what they do is evangelism every Friday night on the streets of Broadway, which mm-hmm. is like that's yeah. persecution as much as it gets, at least in the Bible Belt. I like to think, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's just the joy of the Lord, like truly is our strength out there, and mm-hmm. that church's
1: strength, and just like seeing the glory of God. And, mm-hmm. and what do y'all do on those Friday nights? And yeah. Describe describe that environment, Broadway, Nashville. Yeah, it's like the Bachelorette. Party. Yeah, it's the capital <laughs> yeah. of currently I mean, there's, there's Sagittarius. wagons Sagittarius coming through, they're pedaling, there's <laughs> mm-hmm. beer everywhere, mm-hmm. there's people. They're they're there to have a good time and yeah. then both of you guys are a part of this where mm-hmm. most Friday nights in high school you would show up and and what what would you do and how many other kids your age are doing this?
3: I mean, I would I mean maybe around 50, 50 at in our group 50, yeah. at least. It, it keeps growing and different Fridays it's different, but I think for me it's seeing the the passion and hunger from them that really inspires me in so many ways like seeing how how much they give and how refilled its like what i see in their eyes you Your know friends, and how yeah like, friends like people around doing me doing ministry yeah yeah mm-hmm. that are just yeah on when the front i line. see yeah when i see those people yeah. who are just so on fire passionate chasing after christ it just inspires me so much more to see that they're giving so much of their time and energy and and whatever it is. And so I can give that too. But also for me, it was um, realizing—I don't remember when I realized this, but probably a few couple—like a year ago or something. But just like our whole mission of being on this earth is to bring people closer to God. That's the whole entire mission. It's not to like glorify and honor ourselves. And so I think I mean, I obviously can fall into that and it's easy to want the things of this world and mm-hmm. what God can do for me for sure. But I think realizing that it's all about getting soul saved and bringing people closer to him and encouraging people in their walk so that we can be in eternity with them was what is something that I keep reminding myself yeah. in life.
1: Wow. That's so simple and <laughs> yeah. deep. <Mic> and <laughs> yeah, just to come back to that simplicity in our world that's you know, it's cluttered. There's so much going on. And and I think it's we we want to say, like we know our family, we're we're not at all having a conversation thinking we've got it all figured yeah. out. Like you guys mm-hmm. absent of Rebecca and I's input, God has met you and you've taken yeah. on this this journey. Mm-hmm. And um it's not perfect. And we still have our things and we have yeah. our issues and mm-hmm. we yeah. try to process that as a family. Mm-hmm. Um and you've also grown up with two children now in our home that have special needs which i know has played a played a role in shaping how you see the world maybe at a young age you had to take on like a little more responsibility kind of we looked at a little odd sometimes you know in elementary school and middle school with some of the different demands that came with your brother and showing up in social environments that he didn't quite fit in and people knew something's different here um how how has that part of our family played a role in shaping where you're at today I think for
2: me it's been like one of the main things in my life that keep me others focused Mm -hmm. because in a culture with social media that's so self-focused and like even if I get on my phone and it's like oh it's been two hours and it's all just scrolling just to find the next thing you're scrolling on it's just crazy but having Kate and Joy around like it just teaches it's taught me so much to just serve and that God really cares, like God did so much for us. So the least we can do is love them well yeah. and intentionally and make them feel valued because they are valued like mm-hmm. in God's eyes, like we're valued in his eyes. We're like, mm-hmm. He's, we're all created in his image. So there's no reason not to. And it's mm-hmm. just been the biggest joy. Yeah.
1: How about for you, Kennedy? Cause you're the reason in our story of joy, you, you played a significant role and I think it was at seventh grade when you were Praying in the closet.
3: Seven years old, but seventh grade, I I was doing the war. Yeah, room. you had yeah.
1: like the prayer closet. Like you'd watch the movie War Room, where the lady puts up on there a lot of her prayers, yeah. prayers visions, what she's hoping God will do, and you you prayed and you were wanting a little sister. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca and I weren't sure God was calling us to have a little little girl in our home again, but, but we was. thought you were our little baby girl, and yeah, all tell of a sudden, us your
0: version of that.
3: Well, I just always wanted a sister because I was the only girl and the youngest and so and I saw Pierce and Cade's relationship and how they would goof goof off all the time and have a lot of fun. And so I just really wanted a sister and to like kind of take care of someone in that way. And so I prayed for for one my whole life and always told my parents that we were gonna have one and they were like, I don't know if it's for us, but maybe for you. God'll God'll (laughs) put that in your heart so you can adopt and and i was like no <laughs> so i kept praying and um had my war room and had it all written out and believed god was going to do it but then i actually came to a point where i was really discouraged and i realized it probably wasn't going to happen so i took them all down and ripped down all my prayers
0: i remember that
3: and then wow. um and i just i had surrendered it at that point um and then i don't know maybe a year later my parents came to me and told me that they were um they found a girl in china and showed me a picture of her and (laughs) and they were like i mean you never know what'll happen i'm like no i know like god's (laughs) bringing her home you know yes and they told me first because they knew it was special for me but it was just a crazy significant moment but also felt like yeah this is god's character this is what Mm. he does he answers prayers especially when you surrender it
0: yeah i let's talk about that for a minute like I, I think this topic of surrender is so huge, right? Because we can all want things in life so much, whether it's a relationship or, you know, the right school, the right accolades, the right career, you know, what what have you had to surrender Pierce in life and like, mm-hmm. and then how have you seen God just show up?
2: Um, I think one of the first things that I remember surrendering is just, I've always wanted a career in music. Just ever since an early age, like I watched Justin Bieber on documentaries and being like, I want to do that one day. Um, to find out later that it was for the wrong reasons and I needed God to shape my heart in the reasons to give him glory and not glory for myself. And I think through that, he's given me a lot more just freedom to create and not in a certain direction or have anybody else tell me what I should create. And it's been cool to just do that more in the quiet place. Mm. And I think that's been a great outlet for me. And another thing um, that I remembered surrendering about a year ago was just a girlfriend and having that in my life. And like, God, grow me in the ways you need to grow me. And like, I don't know when your timing is, but through that his this spring he's blessed me with an amazing girlfriend and um it's been cool to just like, be like okay your timing makes sense mm. i wasn't ready then i didn't i wasn't yeah. in the maturity then that i you've blessed me with now Yeah. um i haven't i didn't go through what i needed to go through yeah
1: and he also preserved you in a, in yeah. a way mm-hmm. i think that's been looking back the journey of so many kids is um there's a lot of regrets in that journey and yeah. i feel like the other way we've seen it as parents is God's, you know, maybe it's taken longer than you were thinking it would take. And yeah. gosh, wish you would have experienced maybe having a girlfriend in high school the way you might have wanted. But God had a different way of seeing it, and he always does. Yeah. And part of what we learn through these experiences is is what you're learning. It's faith, it's trust. And then that starts to apply in, you know, every other area of your life. And you start to gain that confidence that Absolutely. he's going to do it the way and in the time that he wants mm-hmm. to do it.
0: Kennedy you've had to, you surrendered that dream of a baby sister and mm-hmm. then God showed up are there other specific things that you feel like God has asked you to just give back to him or lay down or desires
3: yeah i think um i think i've always grown up with pierce having a specific plan of like what he wants to do with his life and where he wants to go and it clearly laid out and i just i was kind of different where i had all these different ideas and things that i loved and enjoyed but it wasn't like a clear set out plan that I had. And so then when it came to figuring out college and what I'm doing next and all that, I just didn't really know what the Lord had. And so I really had to surrender that and just be like, Lord, do whatever you want because I'm not going to fight you on it because I learned fighting him on it just doesn't do anything but brings me more pain. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, Lord, do what you want. And then he opened doors for me to go to Southeastern University um, and just made that really clear for me and my family. And so I, and I have peace about it. And so I, I feel good about where that's going. So I had to surrender that. And, um, and then he just, he clearly, he make, he opens doors and then he guides you through them. He doesn't just like leave you to figure it out. And I think that's so kind of him, but also I learned what, like, why we surrender this year as well, because, um, I, I just was kind of I think we always hear growing up, like just trust God, just trust Him, just He'll do whatever, and you don't have to worry about it, and it's so hard to apply that. But this year, the Lord really showed me the weight of those words, just trust me. And it was like, I know you, I created you, I designed you, I gave you certain desires in your heart of what to do. And and I place them there. And so I love you so much that I'm going to have those come to pass when I want to. And He doesn't withhold good things from those who love and trust mm. Him. And so if He's not giving it to you, it's because He knows it's not a good thing right now. Yeah. And if He is, then He knows it's a good thing right now. And mm-hmm. so when I came to that, I was like, why don't I just trust you? Why yeah. don't I just surrender it? Why don't I just give you everything? And then, mm-hmm. and then when I do that, I see the Lord just is like, okay. Yeah. Here's, here's my blessings. But also sometimes he doesn't do that. And he just wants you to walk in a season of trusting blindly and yeah, and seeing what he does. Yeah. And I
0: think what you're touching on is Ecclesiastes 3. Like there's a time to rest, a time, a time to live, a time to die, a time to harvest, a time to plant. And um, I was rereading that again this weekend about he sets eternity in our hearts and that everything is appropriate in its time which sometimes you're like, I don't really like that. Yeah. It feels like a season of desert or wilderness or rejection or abandonment or whatever it is. And I know you guys have been so kind, honestly, like Game and I, I could cry, but like you guys have invited us into your story and your journeys and you haven't withheld from us and... That's why our family is so close because we always say nothing's off limits, and I'll we'll probably chronically overshare more than you even want to hear, <laughs> and then you'll be like, "That's good," um, but it's. I think that's you have been so gracious to invite us in because you know you don't have to. You could just go to your friends or you could go somewhere else, but you've been really willing to share even those hard harder seasons. Mm. But if God says that all things, even the hard things, are appropriate in its time. Uh, it's this idea of it's for my good, for your good and my glory in my perfect timing and love. And it's kind of wild, like hearing you guys reflect these last few years in those harder, isolated moments of trial. Um, specifically, God was never absent, like, He was very present and with you, even though sometimes it feels distant or. Mm-hmm. Discouraging or defeated. So, I, yeah. I'd love to talk for a minute about like suffering, you know, like or rejection or seasons of your childhood that maybe were just harder that if you look back or pan back, because there's going to be people listening that might be in the middle of that moment right now. And I, I do believe the Lord would give you a word uh, for them or an encouragement or something mm. that you've understood. That like it sounds like you guys are like these kids that are, like love the Lord and everything's great, but like, <laughs> no, like there's a backstory yeah. here. Yeah. Of, of trial and perseverance yeah. or suffering or in everyone's story. Everyone has their version of it. So yeah. Pierce, um, what would you share about that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think mm, memories that go back for me just for rejection's sake. Like I remember in fourth grade, like just walking around like the playground just to look busy, look like I like was doing something just because I felt alone and I didn't have like f- true friendships. And, um, through that like it was really lonely because i was raised i was raised in you know georgia like bible belt as well and then we move up to manhattan very different culture shock and i'm going to a public school where it's like i think i was the only like christian in my grade or i did the best to be a christian as i could at the time you know like i wasn't that deep with the lord but i knew what was right and wrong and a lot of people knew that And for that reason, a lot of people just disassociated themselves with me. And then I kind of took on a victim mentality through that and felt like I needed to, you know, prove them wrong or like try to be cool and like invite them to things. And and then I just ended up being empty and people just kept disappointing me. And then that's when I realized like only God can be my source. Only God can be my fulfillment. And I still faced a lot of that in middle, in high school, even going to a private Christian school, because I moved to Tennessee and a lot of people already had friends going into middle school, and I didn't have that. Um, so I think there was just a lot of, a lot of rejection and a lot of just people looking at me a little bit weird, like an outcast, just for, you know, not giving into some things. And through that, I, not gonna lie, like I built bitterness and resentment for a while. That the Lord had to heal which was another thing he did through quote covid and quarantine in that time in prayer which i'm so thankful he did cuz now i have no burden on my shoulders i'm fully free and i'm fully just like loving everybody else because like that's what he did first for me like yeah. i feel like it's so easy to be like god what can you do for me when you don't understand the power of the cross and the reality of that and the reality of your sin and I think through that, he's just really opened my eyes to take the plank out of my own eye and love people just yeah. like he loved me.
1: And it feels like he's given you great friends. Yes. Like, like you have now experienced that like Liberty. the beauty of like great yeah, friendships and, mm-hmm. um, and no longer feel a lot of that yeah. pain that you carried. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Kennedy, I know for you, you mentioned earlier just middle school. I mean, that's such a hard season. I think every mother— appreciates it probably more than the dads, but we hear about it. I mean, we understand that, man, <laughs> a daughter going through middle school is just hard um, for whatever number of reasons. And, and I know for you, it was really difficult. And then even into high school, I know you've you've walked through some things where like, and, and I think this would relate. I think there's people listening that like, if you're willing to share, where you've had to deal with like the mental battles mm-hmm. of, of what all, all of us are dealing with today. And, and we see it, especially in sort of teenage girls, mm-hmm. um, toxic thoughts, yeah. depression, anxiety, all of these things just swirling. And and I know you and your own journey have had to confront that. Mm-hmm. How, how did you walk through that?
3: Yeah. So middle school was tough with friendships too. It was just a lot of I really cared about having one best friend. That was the most important thing to me for some reason. And that's where I thought I would find my security. Um, turns out it was not that, it was God. But um, at that time, I thought that's what it was. And so I struggled with loneliness when that wasn't happening. And then that went into depression and just a sadness there. And then, and I, I think that's also where anxiety kind of started for the first time, where I would like feel it in my chest or I would my throat would feel like it was closing up or something. And so that was where all of that, I think, that all started. And then I really found the Lord within that seventh to eighth grade year where it became my own, and it was a really good year. Um, And that was just like so kind of the Lord because I feel like, you know, when we get our lives back recentered with Him, He just wants to carry us in that. But then, you know, middle or high school had its own challenges, so I struggled with— anxiety a lot throughout high school, but then also um, my thought life was really tough. Mm -hmm. Lots of overthinking and uh, mental spirals and um, a lot of spiritual warfare and oppression. And it was just really heavy for a long time. Um, And I especially struggled with it last summer. And it just, it felt like the weight of the world in a lot of ways, just anything I would hear about on the news or even not would just amplify in my brain. And that would be all I could think about. And I would think about just like things that were not from the Lord, that were totally the enemy. Um, But I realized the reason that was happening so much and the reason it was becoming a pattern and I was focusing on it so much was because I had really let sin back into my life. So I wasn't living fully for God, but I was— calling myself a christian and i was a christian and i loved the lord but i wasn't living for him and i wasn't giving him my all i was one foot in one foot out and i think that's really where the enemy will get you because he has a foothold his foot's in the door so he can do what he wants and so and it gets really hard cuz you're like but i love the lord so why is this happening to me but it's like you're not giving him your all and that's what i was doing it was so uh lukewarm at the time and so when I realized that I, I was just like, no, I, I got to give God my all. So I went to my parents and I like confessed anything and everything that I felt like was keeping me in sin. Um, and so I confessed that all and I confessed it to the Lord. And I just really wanted to to live my life in obedience and in honor to Him and learning ways to like reshape my thinking and to and to uh, take every thought captive and to. So good. And to just like to give those fears to him, to process it with him, but then also know, okay, I'm gonna take out the things that are holding me back, the things that could give the enemy a foothold, even if they're not necessarily bad things, or even if they are, like music for me was a big thing. I had to get rid of any music that wasn't that basically wasn't worship for a while because it it just that opened a door so much for me. And so I just had to look at all the doors that could have been opened to where the enemy could have you know, played in my thought life and in my mind and bringing whatever he was trying to bring and get rid of that. And so once I did that, I felt like I really saw such a change in the way I was thinking, in the way I was living, in the way I was loving, in the way I was uh, spending time with him and making that a priority. Like that Mm -hmm. all shifted when I got Mm -hmm. rid of
0: things. Yeah. I think the key phrase is, yeah, confession, right? I think a lot of people might be hearing this and go, I resonate. I'm in a spiral, you know, intrusive thoughts or um, just a fixating and ruminating on things that are not of God, right? Um, mm-hmm. Death and destruction and despair and whatever that looks like, you know, it takes a lot of different forms. But um, but if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus that Christ is risen from the dead, you'll be saved. It's kind of confession begins with repentance like you were doing, but also ends in declaration that God is bigger than all these crazy toxic things that's spiraling in your head. And then not only um, did you confess the sin, you replaced that empty space that you just cleared out, right? Like Mm -hmm. when, when you... You know, when Jesus would cast out demons, you know, like, well, what's going to refill that space? Or the enemy that comes back in seven times. You're like, it's yeah. going to be all the more. You have to refill mm-hmm. with something that's good and whole and lovely and a good report. And so let's talk practical for a minute about that. Let's talk social media. Let's talk about, um, like, thought the, life. Let's talk inputs. about your relationships, yeah. the inputs that you put in your life. Because if you're not proactive, people could say... Um, you know, okay, I want to confess these things. I want to get right. But if you you take those things out, what do you replace them with? And and I also
1: want to go back to something Kennedy said as a part of confession was, you know, part of what we're talking about is how do we get healing? I mean, we talk about mental health. It, it's mental healing. We're under an assault. Our minds are definitely under an assault. Mm-hmm. And it's happening at, a, at an, a, in a way that's so pronounced right now, especially in this younger generation. and we want healing. Well, part of confessions also confess your sins one to another. Yeah, It's only confessed to God. And that's what Kennedy did. I remember mm-hmm. that night yeah. just confessing sin. And that's not easy to do. I know I've experienced healing in my body through a moment where I confessed sin to you and you prayed for healing and I experienced healing. So there's yeah. there's something to yeah. this that it's not yeah. only recognizing the sin or praying. It's like, right. no, you actually probably need to confess this. Yeah. Um, and that's mm-hmm. part of the journey God takes us on um, towards healing. So I just wanted to right. emphasize that as part and of that's, that.
0: And that's so true. The scriptures say, confess your sins to God and one another yeah. so that you may be healed. It's, it's so cool how Jesus says... I've I've reconciled you to the Father, of course, but I've also reconciled you to one another. And Mm -hmm. you are a communal people. And part of being that household of faith is you feeling the safety and the trust to go, like, here's the ugliest side of me. Mm -hmm. And I trust that you're Going to walk with me and because I know the Lord's going to redeem this, but you, like we talk about in resilience, you can't build these lives alone, these he, like resilient lives and trying to overcome it. Like, you need this tethering of a household of faith, right? To encourage you and remind you, you know, when the days are hard, still,
1: yeah. So, let's let's do talk about just practically about technology in the home. So many parents are dealing with that question when do we give phones to our kids? I don't know for Rebecca and I, we. We didn't know quite how to do it, but we knew the strategy was, we're going to hold it off as long as we possibly can. So at what age did you get a phone? Talk about how that worked for you, social media, how that all played out in our home. And
2: they did hold it off as long as possible. (laughs) I went to college um, when I was 18, and that's when I got Instagram on my phone. I had Instagram. I had an account on mom and dad's phone to post music covers and just things that I was working on with music. But not a personal blog or anything like that.
1: Yeah, because our our point was, if you're going to have Instagram, mm-hmm. which was the main thing, we yeah. didn't do Snapchat no. or anything else. But the point was, if you were going to have um, social media, it needed to have a purpose.
0: Yeah, yeah. you needed to contribute. Not Rebecca, just that, I think that was your yeah your idea. Which was well, a great I idea. don't know if whose idea. I just felt like. Let's bring something to the table instead of just be someone who is a voyeur and just kind of stalks other people. Like, let's contribute and create instead of just consume. And I honestly think that's a mentality for all of life. Like, let's not, let's give more than we take in general. And social media was a great way to kind of flesh that out because you're right you can get lost in scrolling and it's mindless but it robs your creativity but if it's a place where you create offline and then you come contribute that's a very different purpose to social media
1: tactically for us as parents it meant anytime pierce wanted to post something he had to think through what he was going to post he had to write it out record the video and then send it text it to us or whatever we didn't have airdrop at that time And, and essentially come over to my device, and so we would always see what was happening. So it, it definitely kept the conversation going. If um, there was any question about what he was desiring to post, like we could always process it. And I think that's the key for parents, is creating this way that keeps the conversation going versus the isolation of children on their own just putting out whatever they want. Because they're not always necessarily in the moment processing through that best and and it can lead as we know to just a lot of mindless things yeah um
0: and kennedy was really ready for social media yeah. at a younger age than she wanted to be a youtuber since mm-hmm. she was like a vlogger <laughs> a vlogger was my dream. since you were what 10 11 mm-hmm. and you probably would have killed it but we were like no we're gonna you can just make slime instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but you found your own way of creating online too. And it and it was it kind of like you were said, like Pierce was clear. he's going to do music. But you were like, I'm not sure what my lane is. But you kind of found your voice online even in the middle of creating. And how did that kind of come about for you?
3: Yeah. So first I want to say if there's one thing my parents did right, I would say it was the social media. It's on record. record. Yes. It's on yes. No, record. really. I mean, I don't go for, you know, all the phone rules and stuff. But the social media, I think they really handled well. <laughs> Even though I hated it at the time, but when I was, I think 16 was when I got Instagram and I kept it on their phone for a year. And then when I was 17, I had it on my phone. Um, And I think that was great because it was an intro into it. And then, and then I had it for myself, but I feel like my my mind was more developed to where I could handle it and it wasn't a whole comparison thing. But then also with having a mission behind what you're talking about and what you're doing and what you're contributing is so important because everyone's consuming. So you want to give something, you want to give something to someone that they can consume that's good, um, not just frivolous like everything else. Yeah. And so- Um, I didn't know exactly what it was when I had Instagram. I just knew I wanted to encourage people and be a light in whatever way I could. And then last December, the Lord made it more clear and gave me um, a vision of just like how I can touch on certain topics that are hard to talk about, um, but just like how I can lead people closer to the Lord and how I can relate to people and be vulnerable and share parts of my story, but also just like what can be a simple way to encourage people in a, in a minute or less in a real, you know, that would just, that would do that. And so the Lord gave me a clear vision for that, and I did that for a few months. And um, And yeah, and so that was how the Lord, I feel like, used me in that way. And it's still something I love, but I just want to make sure the Lord's behind it and everything, mm-hmm. and He gives me the words to say and yeah. speaks through me, and it's not just something out of you and know. that's
1: encouraged so many people and i know even me i'll i'll see one of those that you posted and and just be so encouraged and i think people listening to you today understand god's given you wisdom for your age and discernment and yeah. your words carry strength and and it's a lot of it's because of all that you've walked through yeah. to come to these conclusions you're not just parroting what's right or good information it's it's this means a lot to yeah. you this summer though you you decided to take off social media so talk mm-hmm. talk a little bit about why and and what you what you did
3: um so my boyfriend and i decided to do the summer off social media this summer so we took 2 months off um we made a reel about it before and we were just saying how we wanted to do 6 days of the week off social media and then one day where we could have on to reconnect or post something that would encourage people or inspire people but we really wanted it to be where we could focus solely on god but also on things that we wanted to create or do or rhythms that we could have in our life that were beneficial because in the summer you can be bored for hours and just scroll, go on TikTok or whatever it is that you do. And so we were just like, let's take a step back from this. And so we did that. And it was really, it was so good because when you come back to it, you're kind of like, I don't really care about this. Hmm. (laughs) Like I would, like, I really just don't care. Um, but then when you get back into it, you start to like want it more. And so I just have to be careful about, okay, yeah. I don't, it's fresh. I don't need it Delete it again, you know? Yeah. But I think it was good to take a step back and, and just like live in the moment with people and relationships in real life, not yeah. just online communicating. And
1: how'd your friends respond? Because I know for some parents listening they're like oh my gosh i can't imagine my child willingly
0: Initiating
3: giving that. it
1: up but there is this pendulum swinging i mean I, we are seeing some of some people in the younger yeah. generation basically go i want to go back to a flip phone i'm like and, <laughs> and i think a lot of it is they've watched their parents be on their phones all the time and they're like i don't know that i want my life experience or me as i grow up i don't think i want my whole life to to basically have a phone mended to my hand walking around all day the way I've watched mm-hmm. others do it. But but how have you found friends and people even respond to that challenge? Because you put it out there for anybody to participate and yeah. try to encourage more people to yeah. do it. Yeah.
3: We made a little list of things people could you know do to replace it with. Because like my mom said, you can't just get rid of something. You need to replace it with something better or else you're not going to last in that. And so we just replaced it with like five or six different rhythms. And I feel like people, people responded really well. Everyone wanted to take part in some way, even if it wasn't the full, like what we were doing, but just, you know, it inspired them in their own way to get off social media as much as they could or whatever limits they had. But, but I think there is such a, um, I think people in our generation now are really seeing the negative effects and damages of it. And I think also more than anything, it's, um, it's it's not life giving at all when you're just scrolling on TikTok or whatever. Like, there's nothing you're really gaining from it at all. Um, like, I could spend hours scrolling on TikTok and I could not tell you one video I watched. Like, I don't know what I did. You know? The only so, ones I
0: remember are the ones you send me in yeah. DMs that are really funny. <laughs> Those are real. I'm saying TikTok. Oh, so, yeah,
3: that's <laughs> true. I'm not. Get a, with the program now, <laughs>
0: But it is like
3: it's entertaining, and you want it, and it's easy to just go back to it. But it's just there's nothing like beneficial with it, and so I think you just realize that, and yeah. your friends just realize that, and they're just like, "What are what are we doing?" Yeah, and it, but it's hard to like pull the trigger and get rid of totally. it. Yeah. But if you can do it in a way where it's not like all or nothing, then I think that's a lot yeah. more helpful mm-hmm. for kids out there. Like it doesn't have to be this extreme thing, but even just limiting your time on it, I yeah. think.
1: Well, and that's it's one dead. of the things we, we've we talked about this summer, with, but the idea of even on our phones trying to use apps that are utilities that allow you to do things and accomplish things. It's your airline app. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's things that you need every day, but it's not necessarily email or mm-hmm. texting or communication or social media because those start to replace relationship. And so some people this summer even tried doing that. So you're still using your phone, but you're trying to just use it for tools that Help you get some things done for pro- productivity, but not necessarily for relationship. Well, it's been great just I talking know. to you guys. We could obviously go for hours and we I'm do like, in why our living we room. <laughs> this We're
0: going to need to do another one at some point, but our you're two. right. This is like, welcome to our kitchen table. <laughs> no, literally.
1: Yeah, we love you guys and thank you for being willing to share vulnerably just your own journeys, some of the things you've had to walk through that have been tough, but also just seeing the ways God's used that. And I hope for other parents, other teens, college students, you know listening that you get a sense that we're all walking through similar challenges and mm-hmm. there's no magic bullet to how you solve these things but when you're talking as a family communicating when the foundations are right when we know that man god is the one we're mm-hmm. here to serve to mm-hmm. love to glorify it gives at least perspective to enter into these conversations in a way that um you know i, I don't know how other people can do it honestly right. i don't know how they navigate these things without mm-hmm. those Solid mores that keep us grounded, yeah.
0: And I think for us, you know, the biggest piece of advice I think for all families, both parents and teens or college students, is just initiate conversation. You know, truly, it's like almost the Holy Spirit is dwells right here among us, all just deciding to go there or be honest or share, like, here's what God's doing, here's where I'm struggling. You know, um, I think just that witness, that communal thing has done as much for me as a mom as it's done for you guys as kids because it helps me know how to pray, you know, when you guys are coming and just sharing vulnerably, like I could use your prayer in this or I'm a little nervous about this or I've got a big test or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, And it can be hard things too. I mean, Pierce will sometimes just go to Gabe on certain things that he's walking through or Kennedy will come to just me or sometimes it'll be a group conversation. I just encourage families to talk more, Yeah, just talk more, like Mm -hmm. put the phones away and Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to, it can be small talking, but be fun. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to all be heavy. (laughs) Kennedy Mm -hmm. used to go like, why do you always got to go so deep, mom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we don't, we laugh a lot. We definitely laugh a lot more than we used to, but also you do need to go deep. I mean, that's part of like showing your whole heart to people. And Mm -hmm. I just encourage families to just start there. You don't have to have all the answers. You just need to be present with one another no matter what they're walking through, and just them feel your support and love. And you guys have given us the gift of doing that. You don't have to. You could, mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, you could have withheld. But I, I'm i so thankful yeah. for this open communication and just how close we are because I think that's just kind of what keeps us close. And I think it's it's really how God designed mm-hmm. family to be. It really is that we would not just kind of go to our own rooms and kind of hang out, but, but be together in that.
3: Um, one other thing I would also encourage, One, a reason it's made it so simple for our family is because our parents have really been such a safe space for us yes. where they listen well and they understand and there isn't really shame attached to it and there isn't pointing fingers or, you know, all these consequences. It's more like we can just come to you, tell you what we've walked through, you relate. And it's not like I'm going to fix, you know, all your problems. I'm just going to hear you and be with you in it. And I think that's what's really made Pierce and I so safe and and comfortable to share those things with you. But I know there are parents out there where it is harder to do that, where, you know, they aren't, you know, kids can't feel like they can be as vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage parents to just like be such a safe space for your kids and like just welcome them with open arms. Because if you start to do that, they're going to want to share more and be more open if, you know, create that space mm-hmm. for that. Yeah.
2: Family is one of the main things the enemy is coming to steal, kill and destroy every day. So, just lead with vulnerability, parents. Like, that's what's been so huge. And I just honor you, dad and mom, just Mm -hmm. like leading with vulnerability in your own lives. It's like, oh, like we can do that. We can lead with vulnerability. And that's what has knitted our bond like even tighter the last few years, which Mm -hmm. has just been Mm -hmm. such a blessing. So, Mm -hmm. honor you guys. Thank you, guys.
1: Well, we love you. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Thanks
0: for doing this.
1: Well, thank you guys for listening to a family conversation. We do hope it encourages you. I hope even. you as parents to hear the kids just talk about that safe space i'd say rebecca i gotta give credit where it's due rebecca's been a champion of that in our house i'm i'm the one that's had the harder time being vulnerable opening up being able to create that space but i've watched her lead it and i've watched the fruit of these conversations with our kids and and i've just become such a fan i've learned how to do this more i'm still learning but it's created i was cool to hear them talk about how much I think they talk with their friends, and they realize their friends Don't aren't talk necessarily. To yeah. yeah,
0: Well, and you know, babe, it's like, it's what we've all been learning on this podcast for a couple of years now, like through Kurt Thompson, and, you know, the Lokis, and different voices that, like, we have to be with one another in the suffering. If we're not willing to be with each other, and hold space, and not be in a rush, or a hurry, or moving on, but like, sit with people in their pain and not try to fix or solve or, you know, quickly jump to the next thing, but go like, I see you. I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, that's how healing begins. And I think our kids, it took me a minute because I'm. we both early on were like, we got to fix this. <laughs> but earlier, I think the Lord like, I want to do something in you as parents to actually not rush what I'm up to in your children. They're mine, you know, and that helped me kind of turn my, shift my perspective to surrendering that more and go, okay, God, I trust you. They're yours. You love them more even than I, which is hard to imagine, but you do. And so help me know how to best serve them and love their heart.
1: Well, I've loved doing this series this summer with you and our partner MetaShare has been wonderful. And I hope you've checked out all that they have to offer. Um, We talk about them every week, but not just because they're a partner of ours, but we really believe in it. I mean, it's an incredible resource, we believe, for families are experiencing um, the need for a different alternative. And then I would say, too, I want to remind you, because we'll take a few weeks off now from our podcast, but go ahead and go to RebeccaAlliance.com slash free study. You can join up with Rebecca September 11th and be a part of that with tens of thousands of people all over the country, the world, that are together going to be going through a study on resilience. And I think this fall, that's pretty well-timed. I think we're going to continue to need to lean into this conversation from a biblical perspective. And then we'd love to see you November 16th and 17th here in Historic Franklin for our Rhythms Retreat. And you can learn more about that as well at com slash retreat. Well, until next season, thank you for being on this journey with us. Thank you for learning with us.
0: And we can't wait to be with you again in September.